0: So, we say here at Hope Church that we are a church, our vision is we are a church about connections. We wanna make three primary connections. We wanna connect people to God through a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our first connection. And our second is we wanna connect people to each other in authentic Christian community. And then our third connection is we wanna connect connect the church to the world to be salt and light and those are great that's a great vision those are great words that's a great concept but it never gets beyond words and ideas and concepts until people say yes until you say yes to God, that God, I wanna be in relationship with you and I understand and know you best through my relationship with Jesus. And so yes, and not just a one-time yes, but it's every day getting up and saying yes to the Lord. Yes, I wanna serve you. Yes, I wanna grow in this faith. Yes, Lord. And when you do that, you unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that Spirit of God, does amazing things in your life and then through your life to bless others. It's great to say that we wanna be connecting people to each other in authentic Christian community. In other words, that we wanna be a place, a church that looks like what God had in mind when he created the church. That when we look at Hope Church and we look at the church in the Bible that that there is similarities there. That's what we mean by authentic Christian community. And that's a great idea, it's a great concept, but it's not real until people say, yes, that's what I want. I wanna be a part of a community like that. I wanna be involved in creating community like that. And when you do that, It unleashes the power of the Holy Spirit to do amazing things. And likewise, when together we say we want to be out in the world to be representatives of Jesus, to be salt and light to the world, when we say yes to that, God uses us in dramatic ways. We're in a series right now. It's the end of this little series. We've been calling The Ins and Outs of Us. It's a series about the church. Last week, I talked about the church outside in the world. And so this morning, I want to focus our focus our attention on inside, what we do when we're together um, inside. And uh, so I've got less time, so I have to speak faster. We are looking at the sixth chapter of the book of Acts, and uh, the opening of the book of Uh, The sixth chapter of Acts, I love this story. It's so instructive in so many ways, at so many levels. Um, I'm sure I could do a series on this, and maybe someday we will. But for this morning, I just want to just look at it real briefly with you. The story begins, the church has been growing, okay? So the church in Jerusalem has been growing. Jesus has been ascended into heaven, and now the church is forming. And literally thousands of people are coming. So this little band of Christ followers that numbered 120 is now a group of thousands. And that had to be exhilarating, exciting and so forth for, uh, for, those, uh, for that smaller group. Also overwhelming, right? You get that many people, you've got all kinds of challenges that come up. So one of the challenges that came up is recorded for us in the sixth chapter. The widows needed to be cared for. The widows who were coming to faith in Jesus who had no means of support needed to be supported particularly in the area of food. And so the church started a little food distribution program for the widows which was great. But the problem was the Greek widows, the Gentile widows were getting less attention, less care than the Jewish widows. And this created a problem, it created a conflict within this early church and it got to the point where it, it um, kind of began to boil over and so the, the 12 apostles were brought in. So it picks up here in uh, verse two of chapter six, words are on the screen, it says this. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time Teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. Which sounds a little harsh, right? Like, we've got, it's not our job. And they could have walked away and just left it at that, right? That's not our job. If they had done that, they would have done great damage to the church because nothing was solved, right? And so, the division would have widened, the frustration would have grown deeper, it would begin to erode the, um, the message of the church. I mean, it's great to teach about what Jesus said, but as people are looking at the church, if they're not seeing it lived out, they'd have a reason to be skeptical, right? When the church isn't living what it's teaching, people have a right to be skeptical. People in the world have a right to be skeptical, skeptical, looking at the church and going, yeah, it's great, they've got great language, they've got great concepts, but man, they don't have it going on. It's not happening there. If they had walked away, that's what would have happened. The other thing that they could have done in that moment, they didn't do that, by the way, We'll see in just a moment what they did. Another thing they could have done that they didn't do, but they could have done, they could have heard the complaint, heard the problem, and go, oh my gosh, that is a problem. We need to fix this. Let's get busy, guys. And so the 12, you know, gather together and roll up their sleeves and begin to run this food program for the widows. They could have done that. And if they had done that, they would have been less effective in their teaching because they wouldn't have had the time. They're reaching thousands of people, understand. So they wouldn't have had the time to do the quality of teaching that needed to be done and run this food program. So both would have been done at a lesser standard. And here's what else we know would happen because it did happen. Other issues begin to emerge. All right? So right now, it's this food program for widows. But eventually, somebody would have said, hey, what about all these children? We've got all these kids. What are we going to do with these kids? We're trying to learn stuff. We need to take care of the kids. And if the apostles uh, did this other thing of we've, we're responsible to fix it, they would have had to jump in and now put together a kids program. And then there would have been another thing and another thing. And, another, and pretty soon, the whole thing would topple because... 12 guys are trying to do everything. But they didn't do that either. Here's what they did. And again, the words are on the screen. so, and so brothers, select seven men who are respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. What did they do? They got others in the game. They brought others on board. They said, we can't do it all. It needs to get done. And so we need to bring more people in. We need to get more people involved. I had a friend of mine um, years, uh, years ago when we were both new in ministry. <clears throat> this guy was amazing. Like he was, he had tremendous gifts. He had tremendous energy. And uh, he goes into this church and the church begins to flourish and grow and so forth. And I'm hearing his stories and seeing what's going on in that church. And I'm excited for him. And uh, we would get together on a regular basis And what I began to hear a couple of years in is he was sounding kind of tired. And he'd be telling me, you know, like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I said, well, it sounds like you need to get more people involved. Yeah, I know, but you know, if I do that, it's not gonna be done as well. And so I, you know, I'm fine, I can do it. And uh, a couple of years later, he'd be talking about the fact that, you know, I'm out every night of the week. My wife's not happy, things aren't going well. After about six or seven years, he was out of pastoral ministry. He was divorced. And that church, which had flourished, had shrunk back to about a third of the size that it once was. Here's the thing. The church is about us getting into the game. Here's a little adage that I put together and this is the the takeaway for you, I hope. Authentic Christian community is not a few people doing everything for others. Authentic Christian community is when everybody is doing something for others. It's not about a few people doing everything for others. It's about everybody doing something for others. That's... The church. That's what we're trying to create. We don't want to be a church where, uh, you know, the old 80-20 rule? I hate that rule. And guess what? It's not a rule. (laughs) It's a bad habit, but it's not a rule. We want everybody to be doing something. And when everybody does something... God can do amazing things, right? So these seven guys, uh, what the, what the uh, apostles say is, we need, we need seven, it's gonna take seven to do this job. Here are the qualifications. Notice what the qualifications weren't. We need somebody with restaurant experience who, is, who has a degree in widowology, right? Didn't say that. Here are the qualifications. We need people who are respected, full of the Spirit, and wise. People who are respected. Who gets respected in a community, especially in a church? Who gets respected? The people who are respected, I think, just naturally respected, are those who are serving, not in, you know, big ways, you know, not up here on the platforms and so forth, but people who, with just kind of a humble heart, are just serving wherever they can or wherever they're needed. They're just serving, and they're doing it with a great spirit and so forth and humility and, and so forth. When you see people like that, you can't help but respect them, right? There's a, there's a guy here, and, and he hated the fact that I did this, I think. He may have left, because um, I did this at first service. His name's Chuck Fogg. And Chuck works in the lobby. Is he here? Yeah. All right. Where are you, Chuck? Okay, Chuck's hiding right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, Chuck. I I should have warned you that this was coming, but I forgot. Anyway, uh, so Chuck... Chuck... uh, his whole motivation for the lobby, he, he's leading our lobby ministry. And, um, and it, he's one of the first ones here uh, every Sunday. He is literally the last one to leave. Marilyn and I are leaving. Chuck is usually still here. I feel a little guilty, like I should stay, right? I don't, but I should feel like, <laughs> I, feel like I should. Um, that's Chuck and he's working with the team so we have teams of volunteers and Chuck's here to support those teams and so forth because Chuck knows the importance of a place where people are welcomed when they come in and wants that spirit of hospitality. And he just does that quietly, You would, if you didn't know him, you wouldn't know that he's doing this thing until right now when I've highlighted what he does. Right. That's somebody that you just respect, right? So the qualification, somebody that's respected, somebody who's full of the Spirit, somebody who has said, yes, God, I want to be in a growing relationship with you in Christ. My own spiritual life is something that I'm going to invest in, and I say yes to God, and the Spirit is at work in you. And then the third is that they are wise. And wisdom isn't any, it's not about smarts, it's really about applying the things that we know from the word of God into our everyday living, right? It's, the, it's a hundred simple things that we do It's about the nature of wisdom. Those are the qualifications. And so seven guys said yes to this responsibility. That's the other word I love in this passage, responsibility. These weren't guys who said, fine, I'll give you a little bit of help. Fine, you know, tell me what you want want me to do and I'll help. These were taking responsibility. They were making it their own. They were treating it with a level of uh, importance, they're taking on a responsibility and treating it that way, right? Here's the result. Verse 7. So these guys say yes, right? The food pantry ministry gets going. People are happy about it. People are seeing that it's getting better. And then it says this. So God's message continued to spread the number of believers greatly increased in jerusalem and many of the jew uh, the jewish priests were converted to and i think the reason they added the the priest thing was these were the most skeptical people in jerusalem They didn't believe Jesus when he was walking the earth. They didn't believe that the resurrection happened. They just didn't believe it. But now what they're seeing is people who had that experience, who saw Jesus, who are now teaching about what he said and they're watching it being lived out in this new community called the church. And so the most skeptical people in the culture are coming to faith in Christ. That's the power of a yes. Thank God those seven men said yes 2,000 years ago. And the word spread and people came to faith. And that's been happening ever since for 2,000 years. Hope Church, this church has become a church of influence. It's become a church of influence in this area. It's one of the most influential churches in the region among Methodist churches. And I'm not saying that as an as a issue of pride or, or bragging about the church. When people ask about this church, really the answer to why this church has done so well for almost 28 years now. It'll be 28 years um, in mid-November is because men and women, young people, over those years have said, yes, yes, I can be a part. I can get in the game. I can participate. There's something I can do. There's somebody here I can help. And because we've had lots of people, you know, saying yes, this church has flourished. As soon as the church becomes a commodity, as soon as the church becomes like a store where I come and I get a few items and then I go, it's no longer the church. I don't know what it is at that point other than it's not healthy and it's not the church. The church is at its best when people are saying yes to Christ and living into that faith, they're saying yes to authentic Christian community and they're doing something to serve others. And collectively, we have a heart for the world, the the people outside of our walls who are seeking and struggling and looking for something to believe in. That's the church at its best. And so we're going to take some time. We're going to give some time um, to you this morning to just wander around um, these tables to see some of the stuff that's going on. Before you do that, I want to just make a couple of uh, observations and and promises. The promise is that if you walk around, nobody is going to... um, force you to do something. Like if you walk up to a table, because here's what happens, I do this. You walk up and you don't wanna make eye contact with the people at the table, because I don't wanna have a conversation with you because then you're gonna like, ask me to do something and I, I'm not ready to do that, right? So that's not why they're there, they're just there to tell you about, about their ministry. The other thing is, if you were to volunteer and it wasn't what you thought it was, You are not an indentured servant. (laughs) You won't be there for the rest of your life, right? You can say, hey, this isn't quite what I thought. I'm gonna try something else and that's okay, right? We who are in positions of leadership wanna honor those who are wanting to serve and use your gifts and talents and time um, to help the community. We're not here to fill slots or to uh, just get stuff done. We're all in this together. And so we try to treat uh, those who give of their time respectfully. And if, you know, so that's a promise. Many of you here are already serving and I wanna say thank you. Thank you for the ways that you are serving others here at the church. You are making a difference in the lives of people. Here and together we're making a difference in the lives of people far beyond here. You really are and there's no task, there's no thing that you volunteer for that is so insignificant that it doesn't matter. It all does, it all does. Most of the stuff that's going on here, people don't know is happening, right? It's just a few people doing a, you know, a, a thing that, that nobody else really knows about, that's, that's beautiful. So for those of you who are serving, thank you. If you're serving, but you're thinking, you know what? Um, I could be doing more. What is that more that you think you could be doing? What is that more that you could be doing? Okay, so if that's you, that's what I want you to be thinking about as you're roaming around the lobby. If you have never served because you think, what could I possibly do? You know, like I'm, I'm new at this or I'm not sure about this whole thing. What could I possibly do? I want you to just do one thing. <laughs> Maybe it's gonna be in the lobby. Maybe it'll be being part of the care ministry where you're gonna bring a meal or you're gonna send a card to somebody who's struggling. Uh, whatever it might be, everybody's doing something. All right? One last category. And I had this conversation with a guy out in the lobby and he said, I'm trying to figure out what to do. My wife and I, um, we just had our fifth child and I've got a business down in Wildwood and a business in Philly. And I said, you know, there are seasons in life where the church just needs to serve you. (laughs) Like you got five kids, dude. You're good, right? You've got your own Sunday school, you're, you're good. Let us serve you for a while. And uh, so I'm not sure what he ended up doing, but but there are those seasons in life where you you need to be served, right? And that's okay, that's okay. That's the other reason we're here is to help each other through those seasons of life where we're just feeling overwhelmed and need some folks to help carry us for a while. All right? so. Those are the things I want you to be thinking about as you're going. Um, and grab a donut, you know, because we don't want donuts left over, because you know, between Chuck and I, we're gonna be fighting over those donuts, and uh, I don't wanna do that. There's also, um, out on, the, uh, on one of the desks, there's these round magnets for your car that have the Hope logo on it, right? So grab one of those, put it on your car, um, and then drive well. <laughs> Like, I literally had a woman come up to me and said, I don't think I should put one of those on my car. <laughs> like, well, thank you for that, all right? So let's stand together, all right? So again, thank you for being a part of this community called Hope. You are making a difference. Um, I believe it's making a difference in your life, and you are making a difference in the lives of others in ways that you don't even know, we don't know, but God knows because when we say yes we unleash the power of the Holy Spirit to do amazing things more than we could ask or even imagine and so Lord thank you that you allow us to be part of this wonderful dream community called the church that's been functioning for 2,000 years thank you for seven guys who 2,000 years ago said yes to a responsibility and um It just allowed the church to flourish in ways that went way beyond what anybody ever expected. And that same spirit is alive in us. So be with us as we seek to be your church in this area. Bless us all, we pray, for the sake of your kingdom. And all God's people agreed and said, amen. Have a great week.